0: Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Monday, April 18th, which means it's Media Monday. John Kelly and I will be diving into the rocky launch of CNN+, which either has tens of viewers or tens of thousands of viewers, depending on which leak you read. And we'll look at Rachel Maddow's deal to only host her show on Monday nights. Will that actually make MSNBC loyalists happy or just her and Ari Emanuel? We'll hear about all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Quick math. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash powers that be, netsuite.com slash powers that be. That's netsuite.com slash powers that be. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Tax Day. I hope you all filed your extensions. I'm joined today, like I am every Monday, by John Kelly, our fearless leader here at Puck for a show we like to call Media Monday. How are you doing, John?
1: I'm good, Peter. Happy Tax Day. Happy Media Monday. You too,
0: buddy. I think one of the, the biggest stories in media last week, but continuing in part because Warner Brothers Discovery has now taken the helm of CNN, in part because every media company is trying to figure out the streaming universe, and in part because CNN is... And has been going through a lot of drama lately. And that, that is the story of CNN Plus. And CNN Plus launched a few weeks ago. John CNBC reported last week that fewer than 10,000 people are using CNN Plus on a daily basis, just two weeks into its existence. That's a little bit of a different metric than what Dylan Byers reported for us here at Puck, which is that they have something between 100,000, 150,000 subscribers. Uh, a subscriber and a daily user are two different things. I will say from a revenue perspective, like, you know, if you start a streaming network two weeks ago and you're up to 150,000 subs, like that's not the worst thing in the world. From an engagement perspective, if among those 150,000 subs, only 10,000 people are actually like tuning in to watch Jake Tapper's book club or Chris Wallace talking to Judy Garland, that's really bad. How should we look at some of these numbers that have come out? about CNN Plus in recent days because they're just absolutely getting roasted on Twitter.
1: Yeah, they're getting totally roasted. And I agree with you, the numbers are slightly conflicting, but they tell a larger, more, in my mind, more fascinating picture. But the real story that I'm paying attention to is that there seems to be a meaningful back and forth taking place here where people in and around CNN who built this service up are trying to defend its merits. And it seems like there are many people who are suggesting that it's in the Quibi zone. I don't think it is yet, but it's definitely in the zone where David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, and Chris Lick, who's the new president of CNN, have every right to go in there and say, there's a new sheriff in town. We are, if not starting from scratch, we are giving this a major remodeling. One detail from Dylan's story that was incredibly illuminating is that Zaslav, on his first day, went to D.C. with Licht took a bunch of CNN stars out to dinner, people like Chris Wallace and Wolf Blitzer, your old boss, Peter, and Andrew Morse, who is, yeah, you know, I believe he's in New York, uh, he was not there. And, and, and maybe this is um, just a scheduling omission or maybe he shouldn't have been there, but it does seem like the future of CNN Plus is not gonna be in the hands of of Morse, who's the person who's gotten to this point. And one other key detail to pay attention to for all of us who are, who are watching this this soap opera play out in very real time, I believe that there was a view espoused by the discovery conquering heroes in this conquest that CNN in the Zucker era did not follow the rules of the larger parent code, that that Zucker did whatever he wanted. He was a ratings machine and a ratings junkie, that he micromanaged, et cetera, et cetera. And that CNN, with Zucker in charge under Jason Kyler, who had been the CEO of, of Warner Media, were building CNN Plus with these extraordinary ambitions and hundreds of millions of dollar budgets. And the Discovery people, I think, view CNN Plus as a much more modest media business. I think that they see that CNN Plus doesn't need to be an entirely new offshoot of CNN with all this original programming. It can be a much more modest offering that basically is a streaming bucket that catches people as they move over from linear television streaming. And I'll give you one example. So in the Kelly house, we just bought new TVs and we we we've cut the cord. And I uh, was pondering buying CNN plus, and I can see how in the future state people may just subscribe to these apps on their new Samsung or LG TVs, but CNN is still well-positioned on Sling and on other bundles to be available. So it's possible that this arc towards CNN plus is going to have a, a much longer trajectory than many realize. And I think that uh, that seems to be the view from what I understand in the, the Zaslav licked bunker and that they want it to be a less expensive view
0: at the very, very least. So there's, right. there's a lot
1: of drama to unfold here.
0: Why can't this just be an add on if you're in HBO max or discovery and you want to pay 299 on the seven to eight times a year, you just want to watch CNN because, The thing is, you don't want to watch CNN plus when Russia is invading Ukraine. You want to watch CNN if you're a streamer, you know, like this is my question about most of the content is that it's a watered down version of what you already get on CNN and CNN as a company and institution is wonderful in moments like Ukraine is wonderful on election nights, but they vastly overestimate how much they are in demand on every other day of the year. My college buddy, Mike texted me, he's got two kids, and he says people pay $9 a month for Pixar, Disney, Marvel, and Nat Geo right. combined. And CNN is asking people to pay $6 a month for Chris Wallace and Casey Hunt. He's like, as a just normal person who doesn't follow this shit, that seems insane to me. And this is,
1: I think by your account, the third streaming service that CNN yeah. has offered to the world. If we're being politely critical here, I think that the challenge that, that this one faces that the, the previous ones have too is it just doesn't seem like the priority. But what's fascinating here is that in the Zucker regime, it was the very expensive non-priority. I think in the Zaslov Licht era, it will be the much less expensive non-priority. But one other thing that may happen along the way is Warner Brothers Discovery cares a lot about CN because it's a very valuable asset. The main thing that David Zaslov is managing is the total subscriber base for the eventual combined Warner Brothers Discovery app, which includes HBO mm-hmm. Max, which will include CNN, which will include all the, the the Turner assets, and and that also includes like you know March Madness and a lot of live sports, and they're probably going to follow the paradigm that Disney has set out, which is having all these plus services that they're eventually going to roll into one mega 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 plus thing. And at the end of the day, that's the number that Zaslav is watching, and I think he knows that there are probably affiliated costs that he's comfortable with and there are some that he's not you know there's a a, a sort of caricature of this guy as this vest wearing uh talent placating soothsayer and <laughs> lives in robert evans house and like some version that's true but like this is a ruthless guy and he's going to cut a lot of costs he has to to protect the company and to make good in the promises he made to wall street and i think that Zaslov is going to move very very fast we might even be surprised by how swift
0: some of the management changes are We're going to take a quick break, John, and come right back and talk about CNN's rival network, MSNBC. Hey, Powers That Be listeners. I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Welcome back, everybody. Um, If you suffered through 10 to 15 minutes of CNN, get ready for a few more (laughs) minutes on the topic of MSNBC. It came out, I think, last week, John, that Rachel Maddow, who has cut a content deal with NBC Universal, where she leaves the (laughs) nightly show and goes off to work on special projects, podcasts, documentaries, et cetera, is going to sort of sometimes be in the anchor chair, sometimes not. And it was reported last week that she's only going to do Monday nights. This doesn't feel like it makes anybody happy, other than maybe Rachel Maddow, who gets to work less but get paid more, which, no offense to her, that sounds awesome. Yeah, if Maddow tries to trademark the
1: media Maddow Monday thing, we're going to have to get (laughs) Puck's lawyers involved quickly. Certainly, it's not a surprise that Maddow has been gesturing towards de-escalating her commitments to NBC to work on this sort of Multimedia universe that that you describe where she'll be making docs and podcasts and and probably a lot of things that she doesn't hasn't even conceived yet. And like by the way, she's been so successful. she deserves to do what she wants. and you know, Ari Emanuel, her agent is like sort of the activist investor of MSNBC these days, you know, who represents Joe Morning Joe is now five hours. This plan seems like it was a compromise hashed out at a high level. And it makes nobody happy, you know. I would be very curious if I was inside that building. Who had the final say in this? Was this a Ari to to Jeff Shell arrangement? Where you know how how deeply involved were Caesar Conde and Rashida in explaining? Rashida Jones, the network president, in explaining their views, because you know Monday I presume is one of the a lower rated newsday potentially for for the programming. Mm-hmm. I have to also assume that it's. Coming after a, a cold Sunday, it, it's not going to be the the best show of the week. And so you'll have, I think, frustrated Matto fans, certainly frustrated executives inside the network who are trying to figure out a solution. And the worst part is that the other four days of the week are going to be this um, kind of ersatz MSNBC reports primetime special, the, the sort of programming where you usually see Ali Velshi showing up. And mm-hmm. it just seems like it's a very public bake-off, which it certainly worked for Jeff Zucker during the, like, Leno-Conan uh, era until that blew up spectacularly in his face. <laughs> hard, hard to imagine that this goes really, really smoothly.
0: Yeah, it's actually interesting we, we decided to talk about Maddow today and CNN+, Plus because both of these stories are just a consequence of where these linear cable news companies are and how the cultures operate. In other words, you have highly paid executives and talent who have sort of different incentives. Like the talent wants to get paid some more every few years and also do the things they want to do. And then the executives are beholden to the corporate overlords who are like, hey man, you got to like build for the future. Right. And a lot of executives are like, cool, let's do something. But like, I'll just let it ride until I can sort of retire or my contract can end and I like in other words it just feels like there are all of these competing incentives and it just feels like the cable TV ecosystem is not built that way. I agree with you and
1: here's the one thing that I think people leave out of this equation a lot. We know streaming is the future and and, and Netflix and Disney Plus have have told us that in in spades what adds an extra layer of complication to this equation you just laid out is we don't know what news looks like on streaming. Amazon, Netflix, Disney+, plus they don't do news. In fact, in many cases, they've made the intentional decision that they're not going to do news. MSNBC and CNN have to do news on streaming. I mean, CNN sort of made the deliberate decision that they'll, they'll do n- news and then some. So you have a lot of really responsible people who are in charge and who've done some visionary things to get to the point where they are. And they're not experts of the new medium. You know, mm-hmm. so the decisions they're making and the... People they're picking and the crafts that they're trying to articulate, they don't know yet. You know, we don't know what the format that's going to win, if it's going to be more like TikTok or more like traditional linear. And I'm kind of serious about that. Like, these are huge, huge bets that are kind of guessing that the end state is going to be kind of like TV, but in streaming. But what if it's not, you know, what if it's not at all? What if it's cheddar? Like, we have no idea.
0: Yeah. Or there's just not a demand for it. Like, I mean, I do a daily Snapchat show that is portable and on demand whenever you want to watch it. Right. Like, like people want to watch news (laughs) on their own time, uh, unless it's like, you know, something that's completely world shaking. And there just doesn't seem to be a hunger for streaming news. Streaming, like news is, is is now consumed in, in headlines and bite-sized things on social media.
1: Well, in all seriousness, based on your experience at Good Luck America, obviously, your, your demo is going to be slightly younger than than the one that, that MSNBC and CNN are, are are plotting. What were the biggest transitions that you made that, or, or things you had to unlearn and, and relearn uh, when you were starting that show?
0: I would say the biggest thing I had to unlearn is to just talk like a TV news person. Like the audience is smart and informed no matter their age. Sorry, they might be uninformed, but they like don't trust you just because you have a deep voice and wear a suit and a tie. And... All of the sort of tropes and formats of TV news, especially for that generation, just seem kind of phony. And so presenting the news as if I'm talking to my 18-year-old cousin or my grandma or you right now, Mm -hmm. like that is how people like to consume the news. Um, Vertical video is a Mm -hmm. huge thing. Like the orientation of your video on your phone actually like led to a significantly higher retention. And, you know, a lot of traditional news organizations would just like clip a 16 by 9 video and put it on. Mobile and expect that people would watch it. And they how didn't. do you get a roundtable on vertical video, Peter? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no pundit roundtables. I will say this honestly. This is anecdotal. One of the biggest notes I've gotten from viewers of my Snapchat show, and just I think this applies to news generally, is early on they're like, "Hey man, love your show. I don't want to see any people from DC on your show. I don't want to see politicians. <laughs> I don't want to see strategists. Like I want to <laughs> see people who look like me. I want to see sort of real world." iterations of the concepts that get discussed on the news. Like, what does climate change look like? What does immigration look like? Because in cable news, what it looks like is Democratic strategists versus Republican strategists fighting about it over some aerial B-roll. But, you know, fundamentally, people want, like, real human stories and people who don't talk down to them. And I think that was the biggest thing that I had to unlearn.
1: There is a very salient lesson there for the, the, the post-MATO plan in MSNBC. they they're moving from the most opinionated talker in the history of, you know, of left television, successfully so, I mean, that as a, as a compliment, and they're already trying to segue into this MSNBC reports product that just promises to deliver a whole different kind of news. The scariest part about disrupting your own business is what happens in the middle of the process when you don't know you're going to make it out the other side of the tunnel. And I think that that's kind of what's what's going on here. And they're trying to extend it as long as possible and, and pull it off safely. But you never know.
0: All right, John, on that note, I will see you next Monday. Uh, hopefully by then, Elon Musk will have taken over Twitter and restored Donald Trump uh, to his former glory. Just kidding. <laughs> All bets are off. All bets are off. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Peter.